0: To listen to RX Radio,
1: The Fat Boy Show.
0: You're listening to The Fat Boy Show, and uh, it's yet another beautiful morning. And we here on The Fat Boy Show, you know, we like to talk to the people that matter. And the people that matter the most at the moment are the presidential candidates who are contesting for the presidential election slated to take place in January of next year. There are 11 presidential candidates contesting in the 2021 elections, and among them is one woman. Her name is Nancy Linda Karembe. And uh, she's joining us today on the Fat Boy Show. Good morning, Nancy. How are you doing? I'm fine,
1: thank you. How are you?
0: Well, it's so good to have you. You're the only female contesting in the elections. Uh, how does that make you feel?
1: Um, it, It's normal. I mean, um, we've known each other for a long time. I just happen to be in spaces that I end up having, being in a space with other men instead of women joining so it is and i grew up with eight big brothers so it's not out of the ordinary for me it's just a space we have to feel urgently and i just happen to be the only woman who went through so it doesn't feel any different
0: okay well for those who may not be um, familiar or aware of uh the history that we have. um We met back when you had. Uh, I think you had just finished school and you had contested for Miss Uganda. and No, uh,
1: actually, we met when I was in first year at university. When we just when we just finished contesting for Miss Uganda. Yes, applying uh-huh. with them. When right. we were working together.
0: Okay, so yeah, so you were, you ran you went for Miss Uganda. That was you know you've always been one to compete you competed in Miss Uganda and uh, you were given the title of Miss Sanyu, is that correct?
1: Yes, the most intelligent beauty queen at the time.
0: (laughs) And I won't disagree with that and it was around that time that I then started to interact with you because I was working at Sanyu FM at the time and so uh, we became great friends and uh, we had very many interesting conversations and I've always known you to be a thoughtful, caring, hardworking person I'd always known you'd accomplish great things. I never assumed, though, that the presidency would be one of the many things you would aspire for. So this is a... I must say that I'm quite pleased and honored to, to have known someone that would get to this point, where now we have a female contesting for the presidency of Uganda, and that woman is you. It's so awesome.
1: Thank you, thank you. Um, while I was at Sanyo, actually, I got to share with Christian Newman and uh, Salongo at the time. And... They thought, okay, well, that's good. It's a long way to come. You're still young. But it was interesting. They, they, we talked about it with Mitch at the time. And he said, really, presidency? Really? There are other things that you could do. I said, no, actually, I've been preparing for a while. And finally, the time has come. Yeah. Um, most, most people who end up contesting for the presidency, are either disgruntled, angry, they want to settle scores with the current president or the current regime, they have issues, um, but very few actually take time to prepare. When I tell people that for the past 26 years I've been preparing for this, they can't even believe it, because it started when I was 14 years old, and I started reading certain books, I started finding certain mentors, I went to leadership schools, and it is interesting In Africa, we have not yet fully embraced women leaders. And yet, when you look at the presidential lineup right now, we are 11, I'm the only woman, but I am the most multifaceted presidential candidate on that ballot paper because I've worked in different industries. I have worked with different kinds of people. I've been in all walks of life, been in sports, entertainment, and I understand our community and our nation from a holistic point of view, not from a one-track-minded political side. Now, So I think I'm a breath of fresh air to our leadership space.
0: I, I would definitely agree with that. Now, you also did some uh, acting, some drama uh, in the course yes. of your career. For There was a time you... Uh, co- I
1: was a lead actress in the first English TV soap in Uganda. I acted as uh, Ronnie, a boy, and Veronica, a girl.
0: <laughs> very, very, very interesting. Especially, and to
1: prepare for that show, uh-huh. I was actually taken to core metal school for <laughs> metalwork training. So I actually learned how to weld windows, doors, and gates. So I, actu- I actually know how to do metalwork.
0: I remember, <laughs> I remember having a conversation with you the day you were going for your audition. Do you remember? We spent a few minutes. Uh, I think you were, you wanted me to listen to you go through your lines uh, for yes. that audition. Yes. So I don't know if I should take credit for helping you get the role, but. <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> you reminded me of that day. Um. When I walked into the audi- that audition, I had gone through the lines and all. When I walked into that audition and I saw all the competitors who were there. I thought, oh my goodness, they all look so nice and feminine and all. And I started fearing because I'd walked in in my jeans, in my checkered shirt. And I was in sneakers. And I walked in and everybody looked at me like, are you sure you're here for the role of blah, blah, blah? I said, yes. And they said, I don't think you're going to get it. As as soon as I walked in, you know Q? You remember Q?
0: Yes, I do.
1: Um, As soon as I walked in, he said, she's the one before I even said anything. So when I said that, when I went on to go and recite uh, the lines, they gave me the role because I had worked in in character, in actual character, which was amazing.
0: Amazing. And uh, I definitely think you deserved the role. Um, The show was very well received and I think people were disappointed that it couldn't go on for longer. They wanted to see more of you in it.
1: Well, um, I think the organization uh, ran into funding issues, but the message had been sent. What was important was to tell the girl child that nothing can stand in your way. Because in that show, I go in as a girl and I want to be a metal worker and I'm rejected. I go up, I go back, dress up as a boy and I'm received. Later on in the show, they find out I'm a woman, but they already like my work. So my gender doesn't matter anymore. It's more like the space I'm in right now. Um, people have been wanting change, the right kind of change, positive change in our leadership space. However, the package I come in is not what they are ready to receive. I come in a woman's package and they're used to presidents who are men. However, when you think about the change that Ugandans need right now, it, it just happens to be in a package they were not expecting. That's the same thing in that soap. So now that I've come, Slowly by slowly, they are starting to embrace the fact that I could actually be the next president of this country because they're listening to the message I have to give. Um, I actually have a manifesto that people love to listen to. And slowly by slowly, they're saying, "Okay, maybe um, she's a woman, but she's great at what she's doing. She seems to actually have taken time because... In the beginning, when I told people that my journey to become president of this country started when I was 14 years old, when I was in Namagunga in S1, most people didn't believe me. But now with time, today I was in Lira City, um, and the welcome was overwhelming. Wow. Overwhelming. Wow! Because they were like, exactly that is what we need. You're a different kind of leader, and you're doing something right. Mm. So I want to thank Uganda so much for this, and different experiences I've had, God has used to prepare me for this.
0: So let's now talk about your campaigns. Your presidential campaign manifesto 2021-2026 is themed, Leaving No One Behind. So uh, first, can you explain to us why you chose that theme, what it means, and uh, also what tools or core points are you trying to communicate to the people so that uh, you can promote this theme?
1: Well, you've heard of Mission 56. And people ask me, what is this Mission 56? Some people are talking about Mission Presidency, Mission 2021, because that's when the election is happening. But uh, they're wondering what Mission 56 is. Actually, Uganda has 56 tribes, and uh, my mission is to the 56 tribes of this country. Uganda is divided along tribal lines, along religious lines, and along political lines. And we have forgotten to put first things first, the fact that we are Ugandans. So our mission is to the 56 tribes of this country leaving no one behind. When I am president, I've been telling everyone that cares to listen on the radios, on the TV, and in our small meetings, as you know, we are having scientific campaigns so we can only have 200 people at a time. And I've been telling them, we need to change Uganda into a meritocracy. We are going to be employing people in government according to their experience their expertise their talents their what they're bringing to the table not their tribe their religion or their political affiliations if we continue doing that that is why uganda has slowly been deteriorating because clearly we have so many people in director positions in ministerial positions who are not equipped to run these offices, but because they patronize the, the ruling party, because they have a certain tribe, because they have a certain um, religion, then they are put in those offices. But this time, as Ugandans, we're going to be considering, my government will only be considering your qualifications, your talents, your strengths, your abilities, so that every leader put in any position will be able to deliver on their job, And I've been told, you see, you've not been in politics. I said, no, 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 to be leader of this nation, you do not need this political experience because obviously the political leaders have not done a good job. There's nothing to write home about. But we need leadership of integrity. We need leadership that knows what they are doing. I come from the corporate world where we do not have excuses. When you have a job, you deliver. End of story. No stories, no... You won't come and tell me uh, this party, we have this party. No, 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 no. Work has to be done. And come next year when I am president. The people of Uganda will need services, will need infrastructure. They will need this country to change and be favorable for them. I need leaders who are ready to do the work.
0: Now, one of the things that uh, people think about when they're thinking of who to choose to be their next leader, is experience. Experience is very important. It's uh, easy for someone to have lofty ideas about how they wish to change uh, the system and the status quo and to improve people's lives. But experience seems to be the deciding factor on whether or not one can even can implement those uh, ideals or ideas or proposals. Now, you are 40 years old. Uh, You don't have much political experience. The person you are trying to unseat is almost twice your age and has been in government for almost, has been leading the country for almost as long as you've been alive. Uh, Do you think that uh, you are therefore disadvantaged compared to the incumbent and uh, others that are contesting?
1: Not at all. Quite on the contrary, actually. Just as I was explaining before, experience is required in leadership. I started working when I was 17 years old. And I have been fortunate enough to have worked in different industries across this country, and beyond. I've worked in finance. I've worked in oil and gas. I've worked in media. I've been a sportswoman. I've worked in radio, TV, advertising, finance. I've worked in agriculture. I've worked in agro-processing. I've worked in the service industry. So
0: you're a um, jack of all trades, someone will say. But are you a master of? Amazing.
1: Oil? Um, you see, <laughs> you see when people say do not be a jack of all trades because you're not master in any. When we are training for leadership, you need to have an understanding, a clear understanding of the kind of people you're going to lead. The challenge we have in this country is that we have a lot of politicians who get out of school and get into politics. They've never worked a day in their life. They do not know what it means to work hard, to deliver on services, to deliver on time, to be in places on time. They don't understand what it means to pay taxes. They don't understand half of the people that they are leading. And because of that, they end up sitting in parliament half the time and set laws and regulations that are completely detached from the ordinary Ugandan. Because all they are caring about is their, is their survival in the office. As I was going through Karamoja region, this was very evident. I asked myself, do these people have leaders. What have their leaders been doing all this while? How can we not have hospitals? How can we not have schools? How can we not have roads? How can people say that when we are born here in Karamoja, those who live, live, those who die, die? And there's a saying in Uganda that we will not wait for Karamoja to develop. That is why right now Ugandans need to hear that message of we are leaving no one behind. When it comes to political experience, James, Would you want to be a politician in this country right now?
0: Well, uh... Some
1: people don't even want to associate themselves. When it comes to character, Uh our politicians don't seem to have a spine. One minute, they know that this is the right thing. The next minute, they are paid and they will change their minds. Integrity is something that is unheard of in our circles. So right now, for this government in particular... Political experience is overrated because it has not actually served Ugandans. Right now, Uganda does not need a politician.
0: That's right.
1: Uganda needs a leader. A leader. And most preferably, Uganda needs a mother because this nation has a lot of healing to do. I was, I've been in Acholi subregion, mm-hmm. and the people of Acholi are fearful. They are frightened. They have wounds that have been patched up. When this government tried to work on the issues of the war that lasted many years, and they introduced amnesty, they did patchwork. You see, when a mother is dealing with a sick child, we are there on the cement floor of Malago every day, day in, day out. And we want the child to heal from the inside out. However, when the neighbour comes and they want you to get out so that you waste their time, they do patchwork. Okay, just take panadol, painkillers. Finished. That is what happened in a sub subregion. They were given painkillers, but the real disease is still in there. People are still hurting. There's not been real social integration. So do you think that and there's been
0: a there's been a bit of an absence of empathy? And perhaps as a mother yourself, this is something you can introduce to the national conversation: an attitude exactly. towards dealing with people's problems.
1: You see, our leaders currently, our politicians, um, have been working with us as statistics. Most of them don't know that Namolondo is giving birth to six children and they've all died in this hospital. That news came out and they all went silent. How can a woman be so blessed to give birth to six children at the same time and they all die and our government is okay? How can a government wait women have been asking for help for leaders and every time because women are the biggest vote every leader who comes along says i am going to help the women i am going to push for affirmative action i am going to work with you women and they get the vote and then vanish this time we are telling ugandans i'm telling all the women and mothers out there come next year we are not going to need help we are going to be the help that our nation needs we are no longer going to ask leaders for help because a mother will finally be in that office a mother who understands what the labor world is like a mother who understands what it means to lose a child a mother who understands what it means wow. to nurture a child wow. from from day zero and go through the challenges of life losing jobs getting jobs being fired yet you have children to breastfeed and feed wow. mm-hmm. family challenges This time, a mother is going to be in position not to push for affirmative action, but to be the help that uh, every woman and child needs in this country.
0: Now, another point that uh, some people have been asking about is, uh, you know, the the campaign was. uh, It seemed to get off on a bit of a rocky start. You've, as you know, many candidates have faced various hurdles, and yours in particular started off uh, with an issue having to do with uh, the nomination fees. Now, this led people to inquire whether or not you were prepared for the role uh, because they saw that taking care of that particular aspect would have been a minor thing that anyone could have been able to do. And for someone to have had issues with that, it seems to paint a picture of a person who may not uh, be a very organized candidate. What would you say to people that would use that as an argument against you?
1: Um, I would say that it is easy to sit in the pavilion and criticize the players. Until you're a player, you will never understand the full extent of the pressure and the challenges that we face every day. First and foremost, let me start with something that everyone knows. Running for presidents in this country is treason literally. The only thing that is protecting us is the law, but it is actually treason, literally. And there will be a lot of things that will be thrown in your way. Many times people see us smiling and waving, and as we talk to the people, they think all is well. That is why we are smiling and waving, because everything in our lives is perfect. And the Ugandan politician has unrealistically painted a picture of perfection. I need to tell you Ugandans and let them hear me well because I like to be real. I said my leadership will be leadership of integrity. First and foremost, no one is perfect. There will be challenges that one cannot actually go around or manage. But as a leader, one has to have the integrity to be honest and say, here I have failed, I'm having this challenge. Now the challenge with some of the problems that we have faced right from the beginning around uh, before nominations and throughout, is that you can't come out and cry about everything that is happening to you. Sometimes you have to swallow, manage it, and make the best out of it. This is what happened. Right from the time I announced that I was going to run for presidency and I wrote to the Electoral Commission, challenges started happening. Um, Attacks started happening in different places, which I will not go into. When we started collecting the signatures, I was actually the first candidate to complete collecting my signatures. However, because there are people who have deeper pockets than me, Some of them bought off my signatures. In Karamoja region, our agents were locked up for three days. In uh, central region, the RDCs decided to confiscate the signature papers, and there's nothing you can do about it because they have the Maje, as the term goes these days. And along the way, challenges do happen. By the time nomination was coming up, we thought we had everything in order and there was a delayed payment i don't know whether it was really delayed or it had a longer hand in it if you know what i mean
0: <laughs> yeah i think i have an idea of what you're alluding to
1: now you can't go crying about such things and say you see you know maybe it's this and not no what we did was when i was being asked what are you going to do i said let's go and handle this and then we'll do post afterwards. Because if we spent time doing post-mortem, remember we had only one day. We had 24 hours to make it right.
0: Yeah.
1: So we went back home. We did what we had to do. We reorganized ourselves. Paid the nomination fees. And we did the post later. We found out what the challenge was. We sorted it out later, but I'm not the kind of person who's going to come out and say, hey, guess what? I found out what the problem is, and this is what is happening. This is what I'm saying. Challenges are going to be thrown in your way, left, right, and center. But you can choose to see the glass as half full or half empty. When I have challenges, I determine, have people been in one situation? yes or no? If yes, then I can also come out. If no, that means I will be the first one to come out, and other people will get an example. Out of this situation, out of that situation of the nomination fees, people who see as the gla- uh, people who see the glass as half empty will say she must be very disorganized. How could she um, manage to put this together in time and organize it and make sure that all her papers were in place? Um, a person who sees the glass as half full will look at it and say this is a very determined woman, regardless of what boulders and stumbling blocks are thrown in her way still overcomes and perseveres and goes through. So, it depends on the mindset that you're confronting. That's... So, that's I think. Mindset, unfortunately, mm-hmm. yes?
0: No, I'm saying mindset is very important. In the face of adversity, yes. mindset is what determines whether or not you persevere and carry on.
1: Look at it this way, James. We were 87 presidential aspirants. The challenges that each one of us faced along the way Some of them were insurmountable. Some people were actually beaten by RDCs uh, instructing police and army to beat them up while they were looking for uh, signatures. There were very many bad things that Ugandans don't know about that were happening to presidential aspirants at the time. And because the news doesn't cover everyone, Some things go unmentioned. Some stories go untold.
0: Do you feel that uh, the the media seems to be mostly interested in a few sort of uh, political figures that seem to attract the most uh, uh, how can I say, drama around them? Do you think the media are selective about who they choose to cover on the side of the opposition?
1: Of course they have to be selective because I've been in the media before. I've been part of the media fraternity for a number of years. And in the media, people look for what is making the news. You see. So if Nancy is peaceful throughout, that is boring news because the media wants to show news that is that's going to Baganda say Okusasa Maza. The kind of news where people say, Oh my god, oh my god.
0: Sensationalism. And the
1: challenge yes, sensationalism in the media. Unfortunately, while we are doing that, we are misleading our public. And making them forget to pay attention to the issues. I've been asking over and over again. So there's tear gas. So there's bullets. What's new? We saw it with Bessie J. Not once, but twice. We are seeing it with Bobby Wine. We are seeing it with Mr. Moriarty. And we know that the incumbent said he came in with a gun. He'll go out with a gun. All this destruction is taking away our attention from the actual subject matter. The subject matter is, next year we are going to have a transition. Whether the incumbent likes it or not,
0: oh, God,
1: those there's are... going to be a new president in this country.
0: Well, The point one, is, one would how hope... are we
1: going to have a new president?
0: Yes, one, one would hope that if such a thing were to happen, it would be through the process, the peaceful process of uh, voting.
1: Yes, and that is what is going to happen. As I have told Ugandans, I am a peace-loving person. I am a mother. I know what the labor world is like. No one wants to bury their children. And therefore, this hula baloo that is going around this country, we've reduced leadership to running around tear gas, bullets. That's what we've reduced our leadership to. And we have forgotten to pay attention, as I said, to the issues at hand. And the the bloodthirsty leaders in this government don't care who they sacrifice on their altars of leadership as long as they retain power
0: do you have any and intention do you have any intention of seeking legal redress for any of the injustices you are alleging happened to you and members of your campaign
1: no you know why because those are the things that waste our time I don't think,
0: don't you think the system needs a chance to play out before you dismiss it? Because then it all just remains allegations.
1: You see, right now, um, have you been in boarding school before? Yes, I have. When a bully is doing what they are doing, they are very smart not to leave a mark. And if you go crying foul, you look foolish. As you learn, when you're going through the system, you learn how to manage it, as a Nigerian say. Now, in this current system, let me tell you something. Our judicial system pays their allegiance to the current leader. You know why? Because he appoints them. Government is supposed to be having three arms of government that are supposed to be working independently. However, we know that our government is not like that because everybody will either retain their job or lose it depending on what they do to please the incumbent. Now, when it comes to issues of um, this election, it will be up to Ugandans to ensure that this voting goes right. How? All these years, I and my young sister, you probably met her, we, we've uh, taken part in at polling stations before. And at some of the polling stations we took part in that time, the incumbent got three votes, zero two votes, zero four votes, and then they chased us away. By 10 p.m. when they announced the results, the results were 300, 400. And obviously, when you tally the votes, they are more than the number of voters in that region. Do you, and do you, this is what I've told people.
0: Sure, but uh, don't you election... Th- I'm saying that, don't you think at this point you kind of sound like Donald Trump, who is—he uh, seems to be trying to say the same thing with regards to his loss? about uh, he points to alleged uh, improprieties and fraud, which, unfortunately, even though he's tried the legal process to try to seek redress, he's not been successful. His cases have been thrown out, which leads many people to think, well, did he even have a basis? Now, it's like I said... That
1: is why I said, in this country, that is what I started with. Starting legal redress does not necessarily mean you're going to get justice. Sometimes it is a waste of time. We need to learn how to manage our system in the current situation that we are in. Going for legal redress is wasting time. You remember when uh, two of our colleagues were thrown into jail uh, a few weeks ago and everybody else said, let's boycott the election period? Yes. When you do that, you're playing right into the government's game because this is what the government, this current government has been doing every year. Every election period, they come up with things that are going to deter the voters, scare the voters, frighten people. People pull out because they're afraid. And I decided I will not stop my campaign. Well, with because all the- I'm not going to play right into their game. Fair enough. But and that- we are going on. But, but, uh, but
0: in all honesty, uh, you almost sound defeatist and you seem to have little faith in the system. And if that's the case, what's the point of even running? It sounds like you're because saying you are, you are assuming have... there will be some kind of strange uh, things happening in the election.
1: You see, right now, I have faith in Ugandans. And it is Ugandans who are going to vote. Just like I've been saying, right now, we need to keep the peace. But in the ballot paper, it's a secret matter if it is possible for all Ugandans not to give a single vote to the incumbent, let's see them change the vote system. They've been using, this current government has been used has basically weaponized COVID-19 because when you find NRM gatherings, COVID-19 is smart enough to avoid NRM gatherings, but COVID-19 attacks, apparently attacks everybody else. And this is what I've been telling people across the country. When it comes to voting day, wear your mask, make sure there is social distancing, but when you cast your vote, stay right there and keep your social distance. Fold your arms and sit down. And let us see police this time. Spraying gas whatever gas it is that they are calling tear gas these days, spraying gas among innocent civilians who are unarmed, who have crossed their arms and are sitting down, waiting for the polls, for the results to be read. This time, my trust is in the people of this country. My trust, I don't know if you've heard, on Sunday I called for a fast, a national fast, a 40-day fast from the 6th of uh, December this month, this coming Sunday, to the 14th of January, 2021. We are having a 40-day fast, praying for unity, for peaceful transition, and for security for our nation. The reason we are doing that, there are other ways of winning. There are other ways, there are other peaceful ways of winning an election. And this time around, whether the incumbent likes it or not, he's not going to be president in the coming five years. Well, I guess uh, we as Ugandans, we are going to do everything in our power to ensure I don't have a defeatist mindset because in my life, very many stumbling blocks have been thrown at me and I have never given up. I don't intend to give up this time as well.
0: Well, Nancy, it will be at the end of the day, the decision for the voters to make. And uh, if they are compelled by your case and your ideas, they will cast their vote for you. And in case they are compelled by the ideas and the policies of the incumbent, then they will vote him back in. Isn't it as simple as that? Will you not respect the will of the people that choose to reinstate the incumbent for yet another term?
1: The will of the people have... um, I have been around this country in And the people are willing to have change. They've been yearning for change. Unfortunately, they are afraid of what will be done to them. Today I was in, uh, I left Gulu and ended up in, uh, where I am, in Lira. And uh, people come up to you and say, you know what, we have been told we either vote the incumbent or we will see. Does that sound like the will of the people? And Ugandans know that let's try it this time and see if they will actually do to us what they're saying they are willing to vote otherwise did you know that uganda has about 17 million registered voters and over 9 million of those are women
0: are you are you saying they should vote
1: for you because you're a woman i'm not saying i'm not saying (laughs) they should vote for me because i'm a woman i am saying that if i manage to convince the mothers and the women of this nation to vote for me i will have won this election And please remember, when a mother is making a decision, she doesn't make it alone. Sometimes they convince their husbands, sometimes they convince their sons. So there's a possibility. My chances of winning this election are actually very high because I'm not just being voted in as a woman. My ideas, my manifesto, and the fact that I've insisted on a peaceful transition of power. Even with the rocky start, you talked about the nomination. You didn't talk about the manifesto launch in Jinja And all the other towns where we have been stopped by police i have decided that we will negotiate our way through every difficult RDC, RPC, and DPC that we come across in any district other than causing chaos. We negotiate. It wastes time, but it gets the work done without tear gas and bullets. So the fact that I've insisted on peace, there are districts and towns and cities across the country that just want peace. Like in Lira, they said, you've come in peace. You've not caused chaos. Um, we thank you. We are going to vote for you. And in, let's
0: see. In my opinion, that's a mark of leadership. You're thinking of the people more so than yourself and your own aspirations. Because some have been critical of some of your colleagues in the opposition who essentially... I wouldn't say that they would be encouraging, but they seem to be okay with uh, their supporters getting into altercations with police.
1: You see, if I know... um, You see, there is a part of me that is constantly going to be thinking like a mother, even when I'm a leader of this nation. If I know that if I do this, tear gas will come and people will be injured, bullets may be shot, and people's children will die. As a mother, I think... I will restrain. Yesterday, I was in Gulu. Gulu is a very big place. We had planned about six to eight meetings in Gulu. The DPC of Gulu told me he was demoted last time for allowing an opposition leader to have a campaign. Eh? Uh, Besige, actually, that he was allowed to. He allowed Besige to have campaigns in Gulu, and he was demoted. He is not going to take another demotion again. He wants his job. If he sees me coming out and this was at eight am in the morning he came to my hotel and he said and he sent uh, more people to tell me that if he dare sees me in Gulu City, he shall spray tear gas and they shall release bullets so this is this was my thinking if I go out, people may die. If I go out, people may be sprayed with gas that they are calling tear gas, and that's not worth it at the end of the day the leaders who come out and do and intentionally go out and do actions that are going to cause tear gas and bullets in the public know full well what they're doing. But the difference is their children are stacked away very nicely in their homes and it is other people's children who are sacrificing their lives in their quest for leadership. And that is very selfish of most of these leaders. We need to find a way around defiance. We need to find a way around rioting. That is not leadership. Leadership is someone needs to care for the people they're actually going to lead.
0: I think there are many. And know the
1: repercussions and consequences of their actions.
0: There are many people listening right now who are going to agree with you vehemently and applaud you for taking that stance and would hope that others would uh, follow in your footsteps.
1: Thank you very much, James, for this opportunity. I'm ah. truly grateful.
0: Well, I'm honored to have had you uh, be on the program today to talk to us about your campaign and what your, uh, your what your case to the people of Uganda is. It's important for people to hear what the candidates have to offer so that they can make an informed decision come election. Jen,
1: one more thing, one more thing. I, I I need you to make a request because you have that very big weapon called a microphone that millions of people listen to. I am kindly requesting you and maybe other people in the media fraternity to please appeal to the police that it is not treason to run for presidency it's actually a right of every citizen of Uganda to run for the highest office in the land it is very unfair that we are just away from hotels it is very unfair that we are just out of spaces because they feel they have the guns and tear gas and they can intimidate us. Yesterday in Gulu City, as I told you, first we were not allowed to have the meetings we wanted and finally they took us to some remote place with with an abandoned field and they told us to stand there and they only allowed a few people to come. And that was it. But on top of that, someone went to the hotel where we were living and told them that if we go back, they will be out of business. So the hotel where we were living actually threw us out because we did not want any problems with the RDC, RPC, or whoever it is that gives orders from above. So it doesn't make sense. They have the schedule. They know where we are supposed to be on whatever day. We are not going to sleep in our cars or in tents because the weather sometimes can be ridiculous. It is not a crime to run for presidents in this country. And our police swears that they are going to protect and serve. Is it to protect and serve Ugandans or is it to protect and serve one citizen of this country?
0: Well, I think we in the media will definitely endeavor to make that appeal. I try to make that appeal every day on this program. And uh, perhaps I need to do it more because I think it's important. Uh, You as a citizen have every right to run for the highest office, as you said. And I think what we need in this country is an environment that allows for everyone to feel free and safe enough to participate and where there have been any issues I think uh, those in charge do need to seriously pay attention and to hold accountable those that would uh, violate the rights of citizens so if it is whether it is the police or the electoral commission you know they all need to come together and act in ways that reassure Ugandans that the climate is safe and open for anyone to compete for the highest office.
1: Thank you thank you very much
0: this has been a very interesting interview. I don't normally do interviews this long and if I, if they are this long I tend to break them up uh, play some music but your passion I think was was quite riveting and it was hard for me to interrupt. Uh, you just uh, it was just a tour de force, you know, you're just coming out with these powerful powerful ideas and statements. I said, "No, let's just keep talking." <laughs>
1: Thank you so much. So Thank
0: you. It's been uh, it's it's been so much fun talking to you. So for those who may want more information about your campaign, where might they go?
1: Um, I have a website, uh, .uh, www.kalembenancy.com and uh, my Facebook page, it's the same name. I maintain the same name, Nancy Kalembe. They can Google, they can uh, check my YouTube channel. For those who want to get my my, uh, manifesto, it's on Facebook actually, a summarized version that anybody can read quickly and understand. For those who want more information, My numbers are actually public, so you can feel free to call in. And those same numbers, by the way, I cannot end this conversation without asking for two things. Number one, I need people to vote for me (laughs) so that together we can change this country. That's number one. Number two, election is a very expensive process. And a lot of NGOs, bank accounts have been frozen. A lot of people who even try to support and they are in organizations, they block their accounts. So the options we have are a few. Um, Number one, uh, I would like to request, if you will allow me, permit me to request for the listeners to support us financially because this is a very expensive venture and we need help. And it's very easy to send money by mobile money. Um, My number, would you permit me before I share my number?
0: Go ahead, please.
1: Thank you. My Airtel number is 701 Again, my Airtel number is 701 When you send the money, my names will show up. And on MTN, my mobile money number is 787 820101. It's a very easy number. My mobile money number is 0787 820101. I need your votes, but I also need your financial support because this is a very expensive venture. We are doing the best we can with the resources that we have, but we could be able to do more. And my final message to Ugandans is, I said it earlier when we were having a discussion, but because it's important, I need to say it again. In Uganda, we need unity, we need a peaceful transition, and we need security for the people of Uganda as well as their property. So we've called a 40-day fast. Whether you're Muslim or Christian, please join us on this 40-day fast, um, starting from the 6th Sunday, the 6th of December, this month, this year to 14th January <clears throat> 2021. Please join us for this fast so that Uganda can have unity, a peaceful transition of power this coming year, and security for all Ugandans.
0: Well, thank you very much, Nancy Linda Kalembe, the only female running in the presidential race that is uh, currently ongoing. Elections are in January of next year. So please uh, listen to all the candidates, Nancy included, and make up your minds as to uh, who would be the best choice to be our president for the next five years. Whether you want a continuation of the current or you want a new one, in which case there are new faces like Nancy to consider. Thank you so much, Nancy Calimby, for talking to us here on the Fatboy Show. It's been an honor. I know you're very busy and uh, I feel lucky that we're able to speak to you today. So all the best to you and uh, keep safe.
1: Thank you.
0: God bless you. Well, I'd also like to say that uh, we here at RX Radio are open to speaking to any and all presidential candidates. Yesterday, we were honored to have uh, General Mugisha Muntu, uh, who is also a presidential candidate, and he spoke to us about his uh, campaign and the things he's offering the people of Uganda. And today, we got to speak to uh, Nancy Kalembe. Uh, we hope to be able to speak to other candidates down the road as uh, we approach Election Day, even including. Uh, the president, the incumbent, if, if he would uh, make the time to speak to us. I don't know how possible that will be, but I'm trying to contact him through the channels that I know. It's important for us to hear what these people have to say so that we can all make an informed decision come voting day next year.
1: RX Radio. This is the Fat Boy Show.